0: With the first pick in an NBA draft, Yao Ming, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving from Duke University, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, Zion Williamson, This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fan Podcast, and you're home for the special NBA Draft Preview. We're going to highlight all the Duke players in the draft, hopefully, the number one pick being Marquise Bolden. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Duke's <laughs> history in the draft, Coach Case's three in the draft. But before we go anywhere, AC, I want to start out with something that I know you want to discuss. Jay Billis had an interesting tweet earlier this, this week, and it was an uh-huh. interesting article on college programs with most pros. One thing college programs don't quote produce pros, they recruit them. Good coaches at every level help players improve, but don't quote produce pros. Which NBA quote produces the most NBA all stars? Mm uh-huh. hmm. AC, I'm going to just throw it over to you. Yeah.
1: I know you have a lot of problems <laughs> with this tweet. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like, well, so here's the thing. Like, do I agree with him on some level? I do, actually. I, I do agree with him on some level between just overall skill, genetics, everything else. Yes, there are certain guys that are destined to be pros. I mean, it's, it is what it is. But the the it's just, it's such it's such a big statement to make because there are guys who make it every year who have had some coach in college, teach them something. they learned something in college that has made them a pro. And like the the way I look at it is it's yes. A lot of fans will look at this statement. You know, there's, there's two sides to the statement. Some fans will look at it and be like, absolutely. I've said, I've said this for years. And some fans will get you know really pissed off about it and say, no, you know, a coach is a coach. They always teach guys things. And the thing I have to say about that is it's, you can't, you, you, can't you, have to, you have to look at it from different perspectives. When you're a coach, you're a manager. You are managing personalities. You're managing egos. You're managing schedules. You're managing, you're managing everything, every part of these guys' lives on top of managing their basketball skills on the court and making them the best player they can possibly be on the court. Do you make them the best player that can be on the court? Not necessarily. But do you manage them in a way where their skills are showcased, their abilities are highlighted, and their weaknesses are hidden? Absolutely. And and that's your job as a coach at those levels. That's the only way you're gonna win games. Like you're you're not gonna force typically you're not gonna force a guy to to do things he's not able to do on the court, but ultimately they're managing these guys to to get to where they are. So his his tweet is. It's like, thanks, almost like thanks Captain Obvious in a way, but I like, I like Jay Bellis, don't get me wrong, but it's just, it's one of those things like, eh, was it needed? I don't think it's needed, but it, it's in response to an article that ESPN put out full of hot takes, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of had to go at it, but it, it was, it's such a weird statement from a guy who knows that, you know, he he knows the game, he knows this thing, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a hot take. We're two days away from the official start of summer. I understand what they're trying to do. Uh, now, my I think, I think both of our problems with the tweet and, and probably the article is the word produce. I hate that word mm-hmm. personally. So from a blanket statement, I absolutely agree with what he's saying. The problem is a huge mm-hmm. type of mine is blanket statements. I hate blanket statements. Yep. Because you can pick them apart so easily, so produce. Right. Yeah, you're right. No, I didn't produce Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, Jason Tatum, and so on, Brandon Abram, whatever. But did I help mold them, develop them, and get them to? Let's let's pick Zion, who's obviously going to be the number one pick mm-hmm. now. On. Uh, Zion Williamson, when he came into Duke, you know, he was anywhere from five to and some. Uh, Mock drafts nine to ten. You know, those weren't, you know, those weren't, nobody had him at number one. They thought he was undersized and was, was one dimensional. And when he comes to Duke, he plays in a system where Coach K highlights the kid's unbelievable talents and abilities. And more than anything, and you alluded to it earlier, how many times did RJ and Zion throughout the year? Talk about Coach K installing the confidence in them, instilling the confidence in them throughout the season to go out there and just, do what they do best. And so, just when look we eight say, miles
1: down the road at Naz Little.
0: Yeah, and and, and to just, be fair, <laughs> uh, you know, Coach K is not uh, above uh, or, or in terms of you know, I'm sure that there are players that Coach K has, uh, had that you know he they felt that he didn't give. Him the confidence that he needed to go out there and perform. What kind of guy, like, you know, Alex Murphy potentially? You know, Alex Murphy came in, mm-hmm. in with a, a lot of hype. He came in a year early, did the Joey Baker program where he was in a red shirt. Mm-hmm. He had such a great summer. He actually got hurt um, that summer, and that was the reason he, he actually did red shirt. But he was supposed mm-hmm. to be the next Mike Dunleavy. lady. Um, yep. You know, and for whatever reason, when he got on the court, it was deer in and headlights and Coach Payne noticed that they did they did so many different things with with Alex Murphy to try to get him to come out of that uh, paranoia that fear on the on the court when the lights came on because he was Joe practice you know uh, mm-hmm. as as Tiger Woods always says you know anybody can be Ranger Rick you know when you're on the driving range <laughs> anybody can stripe it but when you get between the tees and everybody's around it's a completely different ballgame for whatever reason Alex Murphy couldn't do that. So, you know, I can see it from both perspectives, but you can, you can have these guys, and I know you have a couple uh, in your back pocket, but the, the problem we both have is the word "produced." That's what it comes back to. Yep. You know, I understand we're not producing Absolutely. these guys, but there is something to the fact that these kids are clearly coming here for a reason, and I know a lot of that has to do with the brand that we have, but each and every one of them almost to a T talks about Coach Pay and what he's done for them. And from that standpoint, absolutely. I don't think you can, you know, completely discredit, uh, you know, these kids um, that come from Duke or Kentucky or or wherever that that coaching didn't matter.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. And 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 he hasn't been perfect with it. Yeah, you get know, you, you have Trey Duvall. Like that kid was, in terms of point guards and everything else, essentially as an NBA prospect, he's about as can't miss as it gets coming out of high school. And that's that's one of the problems too with taking high school rankings and going straight into college and everything else how it translates but he was exposed in the duke system and it's not even the duke system it was he was exposed on that team in particular because that team was such a good perimeter team that he was forced into a place of having to to shoot from the outside and he was exposed in that and you know for him it didn't work out did he have some brilliant games absolutely did he have some Horrendous moments, yes. Was that all Coach K's fault? No, because he did some dumb things on his own. But at at the end of the day, you know whatever whatever that team needed, he didn't one hundred percent fit that team, and that's that management thing, man. He was he was he was managed essentially out of the draft because his weakness was so glaring. And would they have found out about his shooting weakness, even if K didn't put him in a position to shoot the ball, absolutely, he would have gone to workouts and they would have seen it. So it's not all Kay's fault. then, and, and that's that's the other part of that that blanket statement that Bill has made, which is the players are already going to be pros. Because he was already going to be a guy who couldn't shoot, regardless of what team he went to. So we have so many Duke fans who are like, Kay ruined this kid by not playing pick and roll. If that dude went to Kentucky and played at Kentucky and had the same season he had at Duke, he would have been a second round pick if not out of the draft there as well because they would have seen that he cannot shoot the ball. And that's like, that's the bottom line of it, man. Like, regardless of what happened, he's one of those kids that could have used some extra time and could have been, he could have, he could have been one of those guys that was a can't miss prospect out of high school gets to college. You realize he's not that guy plays a couple of years, dominates in college, learns a new skill and then goes to the pros and becomes a pro. But now you see where he is. So Ten day contracts is that's his career at this point. So it's 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 one of those things. That's that's how it goes. We we've talked about it before offline. Miles Plumley, Miles Plumley was made at Duke into a first round pick based off of his athleticism and the things he was allowed to do on the court. Like it, it, he was not somebody that was looked at as a pro coming out. He's not one of those. He's already a pro type guys. He wasn't. He he might have had a career in the Olympics as a high jumper. That was like. That was his thing, so you know. what I mean, like it's there's it's such like you said it's it's such a blanket statement, and these guys love blanket statements in the media because they can look they can look so right, like they can look like geniuses well, they, because they make these blanket statements. Yeah, they don't
0: they don't have to they don't have to defend themselves, you know. It's, and it's not nope, a purpose not science. It's not a purpose science. It's like saying that mm-hmm. um, you know, Duke uh, choked again, uh, and you know they only have uh, four Final Fours in the last nineteen years. Well, yeah, as a blanket statement, you know, with all the talent that they've had, you know, that, yeah, no, I get it. You know, I get it. I get what you're saying. But when you break it down and you go year by year, you realize that there are a number of years there that they had no chance of getting there. And then you can break it down a little bit further. And we're actually going to get into a couple of these numbers Mm -hmm. um, in our next segment. So I want to finish it up with with this because we're going to get into those numbers. Yep. Uh, If you're going to come on, uh, we're going to have some people on uh, in future episodes. We're going to come on to the five point play podcast. You better be able to back up your blanky statements, uh, because we will pick them apart, uh, with little tweezers, uh, <laughs> one by one by one. And you're going to walk out of here a, a very hurt soul. Uh, but moving on, let's get to, uh, our next segment. <laughs> and it is highlighting Duke draft history. Uh, you already touched on one of the surprises, Miles Plumley, but let's talk a little bit about holistically, mm-hmm. uh, Duke in the NBA draft. Uh, Twenty-nine of thirty teams have drafted a Duke player. The only one not drafting a Duke player, do you know who it is, AC? You know, I I do for the sake of cheating, but I
1: did not know this before we brought this up and did the research on this thing. So you go, go ahead and tell uh, yeah. the tell the fans out there
0: the the, the NBA champion, your Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. uh, the only team <laughs> that have not uh, drafted a Duke player. So uh, Dave Bradley and uh, Duke Blue Planet have uh, graciously already reached out to Toronto oh. to. Help uh, them rectify that. the 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 other one I was going to (laughs) say is that under Coach K, twenty five lottery picks under Coach K. That's remarkable. I don't care how long he's been there. Twenty five lottery picks is insane. Uh, And then fourteen top ten picks since two thousand. That is the most of any program uh, in the country. Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky was second with thirteen. Uh, UNC is nowhere to be found. And Duke is going to add you know another three to kind of stretch that lead because we're not sure that uh Kentucky's gonna add one there. So we're gonna stretch that lead at least by a couple, uh if not by a three. So uh Duke has had a tremendous amount of a success in the draft. Do you I'm gonna before we take it over to you, you know the last time Duke did not have a player drafted?
1: I am going to say it was... I'm pretty sure it was 2008 after Joshua Roberts.
0: You would be incorrect. Uh, it was 2010 after the national okay. championship. Not one player was drafted. Okay. Damn, and yeah, I crazy, guess so. How crazy is that? But speaking of surprises, you, you already touched on uh, Miles being kind of a surprise. Uh, you know, did mm-hmm. Duke produce Miles for me? I don't know. Who are some of the other surprises uh, that you have from Duke in the draft?
1: I think... In terms of like a sort of like a negative surprise, I, I well we, we talked about Trey Duvall, so I won't even bring that up again. But but Boozer, I think Boozer dropping to the second round in a time yeah. where where interior players with good hands, good foot, footwork, you know, ten plus rebounds a game, that type of guy, he he wasn't drafted. He was drafted in the second round. I think that that was kind of surprising, especially given how given how awesome his college career was. I, I think his number would have been hung in the rafters if he stayed for four. But I think Boozer dropping to the second round was a little bit of surprise. I think I think Mason going as high as he did was a little bit of su- a surprise based on him just being a senior. But you look at his body of work, and he really did improve his entire time at Duke, which again speaks to the coaches did something. They, they had to have done something for this kid on top of him maturing and his body maturing and everything else for him to get to where he, he became a first-round pick and really has has carved out a, a nice niche for himself on playoff teams in the NBA. So those those are kind of my two that I was, I was really surprised with.
0: Yeah. I actually wanted to bring up JJ Redick. Um, you know, JJ Redick mm-hmm. was a number 11 pick after a senior year. You very rarely see, even, even in 2006, would you see a four-year senior uh, that would be a lottery pick. Uh, so to me, that's kind of a surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, Austin Rivers, I do want to talk about him just a little bit. Uh, Austin Rivers, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was, you know, by some recruiting sites and services, the number one kid in the country coming into his freshman year. He had yep. uh, kind of, it's, it's unheard of to think that the number one kid in the country coming in by many services would have kind of an unheralded career or underappreciated career. And then he looked at the numbers and what mm-hmm. he actually did. And obviously everybody was, remembers the shot against UNC but you know you know he went into the he's kind of a slasher a streaky shooter wasn't really a great defender but what I wanted to highlight with him is he has really made himself he's climbed out a niche in being a go getem defensive player and every team yeah. needs him and he's he goes to the Rockets and immediately gets big minutes from Mike D'Antoni not a guy known for, for defense. So I think you know Austin Rivers you know be able to do that was a was a big surprise for me.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. No, I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. I'll I'll throw out one more one more surprise too, was Lual Ding not only dropping to number seven, but also his pick being traded. I, I I thought he did everything he needed to do to show that he was one of the best players in that draft. And I think looking back at that draft in particular, you can very easily look back and say he's one of the best players that come out of that draft. But he was always consensus number two behind LeBron and yep. did nothing to hurt that by going to college and, and proving himself and being a 6'9, 220 pound guard, you know, guard slash forward. I think that shows he was ahead of his time, maybe a little bit, because right now he'd probably be in this conversation with Zion and John Morant and RJ is in that top four. If he was, if, his, if a freshman Dean came out with this group right now doing the exact same thing he did. He would absolutely be with that group because of how he can shoot and how he can space the floor. But he was, I think he was a little bit ahead of his time. So I, I would I'd throw that out there as a surprise. Not that he fell out of the draft or anything, but a guy like Lil Ding falling to number seven and having that pick traded is a little weird.
0: Yeah, especially, especially like you said, the kind of freshman year that he had. And, uh, you know, that is kind of surprising. That's a pretty good pull let's talk about Duke uh, Mm -hmm. overall in terms of of draft history certainly people can point to the last uh, you know few years you know we have you know kind of starting kind of starting with uh, with Kyrie urban you know we kind of get those Mm -hmm. one and done guys starting then we only had one year like you mentioned 2013 with with Mason where you know we we didn't get that guy what do you think changed in the mindset of some of these kids that now see Duke as a program that is throwing all these kids into the NBA draft, into the lottery, where, you know, you go back about 15 years, 10, 15 years, yep. you know, it's UNC are saying that. It's UNC you're going to look at all the guys right. we have in the NBA. Um, what do you think whipped for Coach pay and the program? I think it
1: was a it was a couple of things that you can look at. I th- I think number 1 the negative recruiting stopped a little bit. There was there was a bunch of negative recruiting out there that really scared kids away from the program about how much K did not want a kid who was going to come to the school and play for one maybe two years and then jet. Like he wanted guys who were going to be there for three or four and the other part of that is K stopped that rhetoric in the media. A little bit, because that was that was something that he was you know very very opposed to, especially after losing all the guys he lost in in Brand's group in that one season. I think that really hurt him, and and then it happened again with Jason Williams' crew, and yeah, you know, I, I think he was just a little bit outspoken about that, which you know he's earned that right. Whatever he can say what he wants, but I, I think that hurt the 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 perception of the program a little bit, and then. What really, what really brought it back, and what really helped, and did it, did it give an unfair recruiting advantage? No, he earned it. But Team USA absolutely helped K because it gave him a different perspective on NBA life and guys getting to the pros. It gave him a different perspective on how to groom guys for the pros, and it also put him in league with names like Kobe and LeBron and Kevin Durant, where now you know that guys see him as a part of the NBA. So. Cause, because what he has said has not changed, which is they've still recruited the same guys throughout his entire tenure there. They've recruited the top guys at every position that fit his style, versatile guys and, and players who can do multiple things on the court. Those guys tend to be higher in the rankings, especially when they're really skilled with it. They've always recruited those guys. It's just that now they're not staying as long and they're you know that little 5 or 6 year lull when those guys weren't coming to the program they're they're coming again so you know that that's what i kind of i i kind of have seen in this whole thing the main the main cog the main thing that stayed the same is they've been true to themselves as a program
0: yeah i think the other thing to, to kind of add to that is that coach k as much as he's held true to the program he picked up a lot of things when he was coaching that USA team, uh, both from a mm-hmm. mental mm-hmm. standpoint, both you know, from the fact that it rejuvenized him. He's been very outspoken about that. You know, He probably added another 10 years to his career, be, being able to work with those guys for so long. Uh, and it kind of cured the itch that he may have had to go to the NBA. So he picked up that perspective mm-hmm. of you know, kind of learning how pros, like LeBron, the Kobes, the Jason Kibbs, uh, Charlie yep. all those guys, how they how they used to you know work and and how he would see them interact with each other and how they would you know he would kind mm-hmm. of sit back and let them uh, you know be vocal during the practice. He he took a lot of that and was able to relate that back to the kids that he had and obviously the kids that he was recruiting. And then the other part of it was yep. probably actually those related. You know, he he was able to work with the mm-hmm. He was able to work with McMillan. And all those guys, uh, even Beheim to an, an extent, yeah, own, you know, yep. and, and certainly understanding, um, you know, the X's and O's of different philosophies that than he had, and I think he was able to bring that back. And I think one of the things that you see now is, and I, I, I love when he says this, he adapts his style every year to the personnel that he has, and there's nothing wrong with you know, being a Roy Williams and, you know, having one system and, and trying to find players and plug them into that system. Uh, I personally just prefer, you know, I like to see who I have and then I'm going to figure out a way to beat you with what I have rather than trying to plug yep. and play into what I like to do, even though you don't actually fit that system. So I think he's been able to yep. really articulate that even better than he, he was able to do it when he was getting in the late news to Hills even the brands and the Batty A's, I think he's able to do that so much better now, and he has all that clout in the back pocket. So I think both of those things—absolutely—you um, know—that he took from the, the team USA uh, coaching were the difference in seeing one or two things over the last decade. Uh,
1: a very underrated thing about something that Kay does and and has respect—he gets a lot of former pro player's sons on his team. They he yeah. he gets a lot of guys who their dads have played in the pros and and those guys in turn help recruit some of these other kids because there's there's a respect factor there. So then, you know, parents who have their own idea about how things are done, you know, they they've seen they grew up watching, you know, such and such play in the league and oh, he's sending his kid to Duke. Well, then, you know, obviously, that's where I need to send my son too, you know what I mean? So that I think that has been a, a big change too, because now you know. Whereas in that middle, middle 2000s realm, those guys weren't having kids yet; that were in college. But now those kids are coming to college, and we're seeing that that trend a little bit.
0: It just goes to show you the longevity that he has and what he's been able to build, and it's, it's showing no signs of slowing down. We could talk about this forever, no. um, and I, I oh, enjoy yeah. talking about it. You can hear that the passion in, in both of our voices. But let's talk about the NBA draft. Yeah. That's why we're here. Let's talk about predictions. Let's do it, man. And both both predictions for where we think guys are going, where they're going to land. Plus, let's you know talk a little. Let's have a little fun here. Any draft day, mm-hmm. draft night trades that we should be looking forward to? Obviously, <laughs> I think like we can. Just put, yeah, I think we. I think we can put the bet that Zion Williams is still in number one.
1: Are you if sure? Know I know Quees is. No, he's,
0: Queese, he's, no had, had a. He's uh,
1: developed the jumper. They say.
0: Yeah, he uh, well that's that's true. Uh they actually had a secret workout uh in New Orleans. Uh yeah. after they had dinner with Zion, they went and pulled a pulled a fast one, and, and Marquis s left in with the back door, paused uh at, at the very end there. So, you know well, Zion's gonna be the number one pick. Yeah. Most people feel uh Jean Moran's gonna be two. And then it's yes, interesting. Everybody believes RJ is gonna be number number three pick. Mm -hmm. Will RJ be the number three pick for the New York Knicks though, AC? Are they going to screw this up again?
1: So I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before. I know, you know, I don't like to admit this a lot of times. This this feels like an intervention in a way, but I am a Knicks fan. And I have suffered through the James Dolan era for way too long. And he, even though he has a lot of great people, like their their team president is you know phenomenal, but he has he has a lot of great people under him, but he cannot get out of his own damn way if we have any d c residents listening, they know the same feeling with Dan Snyder he cannot get out of his own damn way man and i I really feel like he can definitely screw this up r j is to me he's pretty much can't miss, but the Knicks have really no one, no one but James Dolan wants to trade this pick away, and he wants to trade the pick away. It's kind of how it's going. That's the way it's looking. And, and and the Pelicans. the The only thing about the Pelicans getting the pick is, do they have enough assets for someone to make that move? Because that is that's the number four pick. Is it's not a great pick. Like after number three, it's kind of like eh. So. Do do they have something that will entice someone to make that pick at number four from these top two? It's because it's got to be Memphis or it's got to be New York. So, it I don't think Memphis is that dumb because especially how they just fleeced the Jazz today. But <laughs> I, I think the Knicks are that dumb with James Dolan at the head of the the table. So I, yeah, well, I, well I, I would love to see RJ with the Pelicans. I just I I think for basketball it'd be really good to have RJ in New York, but. Hey man. I'd love to see him with the Pelicans I, I would have I would have a new favorite team in a heartbeat if he went to the Pelicans.
0: Yeah, well we can talk about the Pelicans. We might have to have a, an entire segment on the Pelicans, depending on how this thing works out. Big right. B- 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 ja- ja- Brandon Abram, uh Frank Jackson, um <laughs> Trajan Landon <laughs> leading the squad. The Cajun, the Cajun Devils, uh, man. Um, my god, Trajan Landon <laughs> lead re- leading the squad. But yeah. um and here's the thing about uh the Knicks that they always screw it up. And hmm? if you have stock in MSG, I urge you to sell immediately. Uh, I, have so next, I, have a, I have a feeling that the next I have I have a feeling that the next is going to screw this up. I, yes. I don't know if it's going. to... I hope it's to the Pelicans. I hope that they you know trade the four and whether it's what do you think you know what do you think with take I I almost think you know I am talking about this with a buddy of mine. I almost think that it might be. You know, you have to trade Brandon Ingram if you're going to take RJ Barrett. But he made a I point don't think he have said, to be Ingram. "Yeah, he said, you know, why not have? You know, you, you can't have enough great wings. Right. Why not have RJ, Brandon, and Zion? You know, and then you have whether it's Drew Holiday or whoever, and then you know, Big Shot anchoring. I mean, that god, that would be such an amazing team for two guys. I yeah, I think
1: I think Drew Holiday and or Lonzo with that pick would be enough to make the Knicks bite. I really do. And it it would be dumb and it would be stupid only because the Knicks have, they have Kevin Knox there. And that's, I'm not saying that. Hey,
0: by the way, just I'm going to cut you out there. You do realize that the Pelicans have a lot of picks that they got from the Lakers and while they might not be, you know, great, they do have three first rounders so they could throw one of those in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, they, they have some of those future picks that they can toss in. I, I think I think the Pelicans actual pick next season will be valuable because I don't think the Pelicans will be a great team right off the bat because there's gonna be that that turnover. There's gonna they're so young, everything else. I think they're a year or two away from, from really being a team that can can make some noise in the playoffs, a la, you know, kinda kinda like a, a Trailblazer squad or like this year with the Nets, like what the Nets did with a young group. Yeah. It took a couple years to mold that, and I think the Pelicans are a couple years away from that. But I think they're right there, and they're they're a shoot. They're a couple. Of shoot, they don't have shooters right now. They need shooters, so they're a couple shooters away. So, you know, do do they get some of those pieces like Zion, maybe RJ, in place right now, and then put some shooters around those guys and really make a team that would really make some noise eventually? I, I think so. I think they want they want to do that. They want to do that as badly as possible. So yeah, no, I I think they're gonna do all the right things to try to make it happen. It's just a matter of does Memphis bite? Probably not, but because especially because they just traded Conley away, they really want John Morant. Yeah, I think I, I, with the right bait, New York bites.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh, I I heard that they brought in uh, Garland. Uh, I guess it was today to to kind of work him out. Mm-hmm. But they apparently are committed to hitting RJ at three. I don't know if that was just for you know smoke and mirrors to bring in Garland. I can't give the Knicks that much credit because I mean they, they don't deserve any credit whatsoever. <laughs> they don't get the benefit of the doubt because they stink. So I, I have absolutely no faith in the New York Knicks. Uh I you know, I lived in New York for quite a while. I grew up during the Lynn Sanity. That was my formidable years in New York City. Uh I I mean, I was in I had a, a, a Jeremy Lynn jersey. I was all in for Ugh. the Knicks. My main man Carmelo, came over. Uh, it was for that, I'll tell you what, there's nothing greater than being a Knicks fan for that two-week stretch that we had. I'll never forget Yeah, it. yeah. It's the greatest summer of my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, between, but,
1: between that and, and also, I'm just airing all my laundry out here, also an Eagles fan between the Knicks with Linsanity and Mello, and then you had the Eagles getting Namdi Asamoah and Vince Young and all those guys together, kind of creating the super team thing in football. I was like, man, I got championships coming. And then, dude, what a horrible two years pro sports were for me.
0: Yeah, oh when, 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 Vince, when Vince Young says that uh <laughs> and so has a super team, that's when you sell, sell, sell. All right, so let's that's the NBA draft. Yeah, Gun to your head, where does RJ land? I think we all we know he's going to be a three, but where does he go? Where is he playing basketball in the association?
1: Next season, and I really want to go hot take city and say the Pelicans right now. I really do. Don't tease all the Duke
0: fans that are listening <laughs> right
1: now. Well, because uh, they, dude, the Knicks can, like you said, they they will screw this up. Like they'll they'll pick Jared Culver, and not that he's a bad player, but they will do that. They will be so dumb and do that, man. Oh my god! All right, no, I, he's gonna be with the Knicks. He, R.J. will be with the Knicks with the third pick. I I, I think that's what's gonna happen. RJ will be with the next third pick.
0: All right. Uh, I hope that you're right for your sanity. Um, I do think that the Pelicans find a way to bring RJ down to New Orleans. Number one reason is their key piece here is Zion. They want Zion to be as comfortable as possible. They know what happened with Anthony Davis. They want to make sure that Zion is as happy as possibly can be for as long as possible. Oh, what awesome. other way to do it than so bringing his best friend? So I thought, I think that would be so amazing. Sorry, uh, Nick fans, he's not going to be there. (laughs) Where, let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Where does Cam Reddish ultimately end up? Out out of
1: between he, RJ, and and Zion, quite honestly, I feel like he has the cushiest position because he, in my opinion, he's bust proof because he's not expected out, out of everything that's come out, his season. His workouts, everything else, he he is bust proof because there's not this high expectation. Teams are guys are already saying he's fallen down the draft. They don't have they have no faith in him. I I would love to see him in Chicago. I, I think with that young core of uh, Markin and and Carter already set. Now you need some pieces around, and the thing that they're missing outside of a point guard is a 3 and D type of player, and Cam will give you that, absolutely. We saw his defensive prowess in college, and he can give you that in the pros over time. And, and he will hit the ball. He'll hit the three ball. He'll hit the shots. You know, He had a rough year in college. He's maturing. He's getting into his own body. We don't see the best Cam in college. We'll see the best Cam in the pros. He absolutely will be a gunner from three at some point in his career, and I think he'll do it quite well. And and a great place for him to be able to do that is Chicago, where you have a security blanket a little bit with Zach Levine still. They need to find a point guard for their own sake. But at that point in the draft, there's not really a point guard that you reach to take. So I I think Cam is a really, a really good bet for the Bulls at number seven.
0: Yeah, I would love to see him on the Bulls uh, for those reasons you mentioned. And I do want to add one more thing about Cam. You know, Cam came into Duke and, you know, he was kind of, Labeled okay, this is going to be our shooter, but his game wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. just being a shooter. His game was everything, uh, and I think that he'll be able mm-hmm. to kind of showcase that more now in the NBA, especially if he's on in Chicago, yeah. um, that type of team where he won't be able to get the ball uh, in space a little bit more often, and hopefully, not some of those miscues that you know he had, you know, at Duke where you know he's going in tipping char- or drawing charges and things like that. I think that you know he'll be able to showcase his overall game. Uh, I agree with you. I think he'll be able to develop into a good shooter. I don't think that he is going to be a guy that, you know, is. I think he'll be in the league for 12 to 15 years, however long he wants okay. to be in the league. You know, it depends on you know his his work ethic and his mental state. He says all the right things. Uh, he's very polished in terms of his off the court uh, persona. Uh, I think that that should carry him. And as he continues to progress, I hope that he finds a good organization that can help groom him. I know that coaches don't produce, but an organization can groom a player (laughs) if they want to, if they invest in them. Absolutely. Uh, Chicago would be a great place. The other place um, that I saw for him is potentially Atlanta. Do you like that fit with with him and Trey Young?
1: I don't, and I don't necessarily like that fit. Uh, i don't necessarily like that fit with the person all they have in atlanta yeah he they they don't they don't use they don't use what he does there they don't they don't use the three and d type of guy they have they they have a lot of those hard nosed strong tough guy types and then you know they put trey- uh, trey young with them that i mean that that's about that that's about who they are and you know they're they're gonna cycle through coaches for the next couple of years I, I don't, I don't want that situation for him, quite honestly. I, I really don't like. That's just not, that's not who he is. It doesn't fit his style. I, I don't think that he's, and they already have the shooter there that they want, in Kevin Herter anyway from Maryland. So, and he, he's been doing a dynamite job there. So I, I don't want, I don't want that for Cam. I think, I think he needs to go somewhere where he's needed, and and doesn't have to sit behind someone. And I, I really do think those the Bulls at that seven pick are really the, the best spot for him.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, okay, so let's talk uh, real quick. Just kind of, you know, rapid fire here. You know, where do you see guys like Colby White going? It, it doesn't have to be necessarily mm-hmm. uh, a team, but how 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 far up do you see him going? Where do you see your boy Nash and Little going? Uh, in the entire first round, is there a guy that you know people aren't talking about as much that you could say, you know, five years from now people are going to be like, how did we miss on him?
1: Sure. Um... I, I really in in the first round, I really like Ty Jerome. He and and here's the thing. This and this is why I say the draft is blah. It's not blah in terms of there's not good players in the draft. There's plenty of good players. It's just there's not there's not like a. I just don't I don't see a outside of Zion and John Morant and R.J. I don't see like a jump out at you like holy cow this guy is gonna he he happened to be the twenty second pick. And is, you know, a future Hall of Famer like Kawhi Leonard, like he was the 15th pick and, you know, became who he was. I don't see that in this draft, but I think there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of potential for picking young guys in that four through 16, 18, 19 range. But then once you get into the 20s, I think you're going to get a lot of rock solid picks because you're going to get a lot of guys who already have things that they do really well. So I, I think Ty Jerome is one of those. I think uh, Grant Williams is also one of those who's going to be picked near the end of the first round. And despite his his diminutive stature at 6'5", he, he is so strong and he is so big and has such a nice reach, and he can step out and hit shots. Grant Williams is going to be good in the pros for a while, kind of like Paul Millsap. So yeah. I, I really like those two. Um, Kevin Gelly from Florida State, that kid impressed me so much during his season, and I can only see him – Kind of, kind of playing that almost like a point center type role as he gets move, gets to move forward a little bit in in the league. I'd love to see what he can do. The Kentucky guys, Tyler Hero and and Keldon Johnson, I kind of see those guys. Dare I say bust? I don't want to say bust, but I, I don't see those guys really fitting any particular role yet. Like Tyler Hero can shoot his ass off, like absolutely, but him getting a shot off he's we saw it against duke he's he has trouble getting his shot off against more athletic teams and he's only going to face that in the league so I'm, I'm interested to see if he can get a shot off against pro players and the other guy who who always pops up is brandon clark in terms of his, at his athleticism and everything else like that it's it, are we looking at a darius miles or are we looking at somebody you know almost like an aaron gordon who can kind of cards carve something out for himself and 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 really showcase some extra skills that we haven't seen yet in college, Nikhil Alexander Walker.
0: I was waiting for. Is him. he
1: going to be good in the pros? I don't know, man.
0: Well, that was the guy I was waiting for you to, to drop. I, I thought yeah. that he's actually so versatile. Um, I think he actually will be very good, but it really depends on what you know where where he fits. Yeah, um, and and honestly, before we cut this uh, segment off, mm-hmm. talk, to, talk to our fans about Marcus Bolden. I don't think either one of us expect him to to get drafted uh, tomorrow night, but we do hear some encouraging things, and obviously Coach Pay has talked about it uh, in some of his press conferences um, after the season. Talking about Larquise, and, and we know that he's had some good workouts with Atlanta specifically. Where do you see you know him kind of latching on, and do, do you expect him to be kind of a G League the, the whole year with maybe a 10-day contract here or there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think he I think he'll end up with the kind of Lance Thomas, Emil Jefferson route where he gets gets that two that two way contract. But yeah. I, I think if he does get a chance to play in the league at all, he'll kind of show an ability to to block shots, to to play some defense, to get some rebounds. And I think in the league he will. The the jump shot that we've heard he has had since his sophomore season, I, I think he'll get a chance to show that a little bit more in, in the league. and. And I think he'll get a chance to kind of prove that he can hit it a little bit. I don't. I don't see him. I don't see him being turning into a starter in in the league uh, by any chance. But I, I do think. I do think he can. He can find a place. I really do. I think he can get a two way contract. I'm with you. I don't think he gets drafted, but I, I, I do think he can get kind of a two way contract in the league. This draft is kind of interesting too in the fact that there are really no international players in the way. Like there's only a couple. So. Yeah, you know, the the center position is one of those where there are guys who teams that need centers. So could he sneak in? Maybe, but but I I, I absolutely think he can get a two a, a two way contract with someone after the draft is over. He'll get some phone calls and, and see himself in summer league.
0: Yeah, and we're obviously rooting for him. I can't wait to see it. One of my favorite things about the NBA is summer league, so we're looking forward to seeing him and walk mm-hmm. up to, to all the Duke guys in the draft uh, tomorrow night. It's an exciting night. for for the program, because it really does reflect, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what we have. So our next segment, we actually do have a sponsor. Oh, yeah. We we have another sponsor. I've been been hitting the phones. You've been uh, out at the beach working on your tan, and I've been (laughs) dialing for dollars. And we do have a – this is a really quick segment. So uh, grab something to drink. Get yourselves ready. This is a really quick segment. It is the player prediction segment, where I throw a player at you, and you – the first thing that pops into your mind, the player comparison, uh, and this is sponsored by, and I think you're going to understand this, Icy Hot Medicated Patch XL. You're either going to be ice cold on these <laughs> or red hot, which is going to be, okay, are you ready to play Icy Hot Medicated Patch XL player <laughs> comparison here on the 5.0 Play Podcast?
1: Let's do it, man. Let's do it.
0: Okay, I'm going to give you an easy one first.
1: Okay. Zion Williamson. <laughs> Damn. Right off the bat, I I'm, I'm gonna be very cliche here and say the first Zion. Like oh. that's I mean it, it, that's his role, man. His, his role is point forward. There's can can we never, get, can we, get the judges, really can we get the
0: judges to rule on this? <laughs> eh, that doesn't count. Okay, next one, rap all right. Rap apart, John Lorette. Ooh, um,
1: yee, uh, Gilbert Arenas.
0: Wow, okay. Uh, RJ Barrett.
1: Yeah, uh, Jason Tatum.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't see that coming. Darius Garland. God, can can I,
1: I have such a problem with him. I really do, and not just because he's Spurring Duke. I have such a problem with him. He is, Four games, and he's the number four. Come on, man. God By damn we it. We
0: only played
1: 11. Darius, Gar- you know, Darius Garland. Here, here, here you go. Jose Calderon. Oh, I'll take that.
0: Hobie White. Yowza. Uh, De'Aaron Fox. Ooh, I like that. That's actually a great call. That's a great call. DeAndre Hunter.
1: Ay, Kawhi Leonard, man.
0: The, oh my god.
1: Jared I see.
0: I see just human music. Okay, Jared Culvert.
1: Jared Culvert. Uh he hmm. Uh Eagle Dollar.
0: And the final one, our main man, Cam Reddish.
1: Cam Reddish, uh, give me uh Give, give me that Clay Thompson roll with Cam Redis.
0: Wow, Clint Thompson! I didn't see that coming. Okay, I think he's a, a little bit of a better slasher than than Clay will, will be. So that's it. But that was—I mean—we put you on the hot seat. We put you on the hot seat. You were <laughs> that ice was cold, tough, man. That was tough, yeah, man. And, and, and you weren't ready for it. You weren't ready for it. You were ice cold in the hot seat. <laughs> um, but that is the, uh, the icy hot <laughs> medicated patches XL. Uh, and let's go to our final segment. And this is not super related. We just both love. The association. Why? I love the NBA, and, and I've joked about it with my friends a lot. You know, we kind of rank where our favorite things about the NBA are. Uh, and for me, every year, mm-hmm. it is the NBA draft slash free agency. Then it goes summer league, and then it goes uh, NBA finals, Eastern slash Western Conference finals, NBA playoffs. The holidays, so you got the Christmas MLK Day, those days when you got a lot of games, um, opening night, uh, preseason, and then finally the uh, NBA regular season. I, I just have not, uh, no use for it. Um, but uh, the, this is my favorite time of the year with the association. I want to talk about real quick. I want to kick things off with the free agency. Kevin Durant, welcome to the club. Uh, join me and and uh, you know John Wall. And a, and a number of others in the torn Achilles club. Uh, it's a horrible place to be. I hope you get out of here as soon as possible. Yeah. But w- with this injury now, I have my theory on what Kevin Durant should do. I think Kevin Durant should exercise that plus one and stay in Golden State for one more year. He's not going to play anyway. Take all the money and right. kind of just cruise the landscape uh, and see what, what, what's going on out there. Somebody's going to give him a max regardless next year yep. it doesn't matter so i say use up all golden state's money take that deal yep. that you have the option for and kind of just see what happens out there
1: yeah that's that's his best chance at a title is staying with golden state next season because of the injury because whatever team he goes to with that max contract yeah they're going to have some pieces and things there but they're, they're going to need him to put themselves in a really good position in the playoffs to play you know pl- play the best possible teams for your team because that's what you always want to do you want to you want to try to play your matchups as best as possible unless you just have a crazy team like the Warriors who you know just throw a team out there and let's go but so his best best chance at a title next season is the Warriors but I I do think and we've see, we saw it this year not because of talent but because their bodies are starting to break down cuz they're getting a little bit older it's funny to say that about some of these guys but they played so much basketball between USA and making the finals every season. I really do think we're starting to see the end, the tail end of the Warriors dynasty, kind of the same way we saw the tail end of the Spurs dynasty with just with the injuries, not because of what they do. Like I said, on the court, just the injuries. And we saw what injuries will do to a team in the finals, obviously, even though they are the prohibitive favorites, you know, it's hard to overcome. So, you know, one more season with the Warriors, I think you have a shot at the title, but anything after that is tough. And I mean, it's just an option for one year so he can sign with whoever after that, but you also don't want to get exposed again with an injury. You want to get your couple of years with an injury like this. So I think his, in my opinion, his best bet is to go somewhere and get a four year contract with this injury and, and have it in place and, and be with a squad that you can win down the road with. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think the Warriors are, are done. Um, you know, some some of these dynasties that you you see put together, uh, or think that they're going to be dynasties, you see them put together, and they they never really end up being as as great as as they can, except for the rare occurrences. Um, when the Miami Heat mm-hmm. came together, it only ended up being not one, not two. It was just two, you know, two championships, mm-hmm. uh, and they only stuck around for four yep. years. You know, I had the flash injury. Wade was kind of breaking down. Uh, LeBron saw the writing on the wall there and, and, and bounced for greener pastures. They ran Kevin Love, who, you know, people forget he's a 25-14 and 14 guy, uh, first-team All-NBA guy. They bring him to go along yeah. with an emerging Kyrie Irving, who was only 21-22. You think that team together is going to be a team that lasts forever? Then the Warriors go out and win 73 games. Um, you know, Kevin yeah. Love goes yeah. down after Kevin Love, people forget Kevin Love was dominating in that first round of oh, yeah. of the playoffs their first year. Kyrie was lights mm-hmm. out. He was tearing step up in the game one of the NBA finals. And that was without Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. You know, if those two don't go down, yep. they probably win that and, and the whole Golden State thing probably doesn't happen. So, you know, right. they probably win, you know, three or four. And then maybe LeBron is not in LA, but that's not how it worked out. And you're kind of switching gears though I think that we all expected Kevin Durant to go to the Knicks, sorry. Uh, this is, again, a big blow to the Knicks. But we all expected him to go to the, <laughs> the Knicks uh, as being that big free agent. Now we're not sure, you know, that he staying in Golden State. Let's go to Kawhi Leonard. Now Kawhi is the guy. Do you right. have him staying in Toronto for maybe a short-term deal? Or do you have him going to the Clippers? I don't think it's between anybody else.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. Right now it's the Clippers. Supposedly it's the Clippers and Raptors, and that's it. <sighs> Sentimentally, I'd love to see him stay with Toronto because you know what what they created there was really fun, and the the Clippers have money to throw at him. It's just that he's still a winner. He wants to win games, and while the Clippers do have a, a they have a, a good core of players, they're not they're not a finals contender contender even with Kawhi, in my opinion. So I I don't know that he goes there. I th- I think he has a good thing right now with with Siakam and and Lowry and Toronto. I, I think they work. They work together and I I do think he ends up staying there. But honestly, I think he had he had fun fun guy Kawhi came out. <laughs> I I, yeah. I could see him staying for real.
0: I could I could too. Um I don't think there's any harm in him staying. I could also right. see him being a guy that doesn't shine right away. He kinda you know does the does the reverse where normally a lot of guys will wait to see where the big fish land first. He might do the right. opposite. He might say you know, let me see where everybody else is going and then I'll make my decision because, you know, Toronto's not the spot open for him. you know. But then per, perhaps, you know, Mark uh, while not being a huge free agent, maybe he decides, you know what, I have my fun in Toronto now, I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere else, get paid for one more year or right. two, or whoever's willing to pay me, pay dollars. Um, I can see Kawhi sipping around Toronto for a year, maybe that one in one deal that we just talked about with uh, KD. I can mm-hmm. see that happening. But, you know, he could also say, you know what? I just saw what happened with with Kevin Durant. You know, when he was on the one and one deal blowing his Achilles. I'm not Kevin Durant. I've had, you know, kind of some injuries, you know, prior. They they were they had me on a minutes restriction and games restriction already this year. Is what I loved about them. Maybe he's thinking to myself, you know yep. what, let me get my money now. Um, you know, let me get a yep. four year deal, maybe a three and one, some some kind of, you know, structure that way. Uh with Toronto, or maybe he just says, you know, screw it. I've always wanted to play in LA. I did what I needed to do here in Toronto. I'll always be revered. I'm gonna go to the Clippers. I don't know what's gonna happen there, but you know, to be devil's advocate, okay. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with the Clippers for, for Kawhi. Okay. Okay. Um I, let's I, talk I can about, see that.
1: He wants to, he wants to get home at some point.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh and let's talk about Kyrie talking about going home. Now Brooklyn's yeah. not necessarily home home, uh, but he was in band growing up. Uh, it sounds like the Nets are now out, especially with KD's injury. Do yeah. you see a situation where he doesn't go to the Nets and he goes to the LA Lakers? Please, please tell me that's not going to happen.
1: No, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think he goes to the Nets. I, I think that's I think that's the play for them. And then from there, it's about where does you know where, where does DeAngelo Russell go from there? Because I don't I don't think you have those two on the same squad. No, certainly so, not. I think- yeah.
0: I like think we know Kyle. So, so we...
1: Russ is gonna be a big play. I i would be surprised if the Pelicans actually don't make a move for him. Because they'll they'll have some they'll have some money room with with Randall uh opting out of his option. So I, I think they have a little bit of room to try to get some scorers that they need. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a move to try to to try to see if they can get somebody like a D'Angelo Russell or a Kimball Walker. Um but yeah, no, I think I think Kyrie goes to Brooklyn. I think that's he, he has wanted to get to New York, and I think that's the place to be for him. So, yeah, I, I don't see him staying with the salts. I think that that thing is a little bit dying. I think that might be dead, too, quite that's honestly. That's Hopefully not for Jason Tatum, but yeah.
0: Uh, where do you – do you see anybody joining him in Brooklyn? Uh, Chris Middleton. Really? So you think that, you know, with Chris Middleton opting out of Milwaukee, you think that he'll go to, to Brooklyn?
1: Milwaukee has to offer him a four year deal with max money, and I don't know that they'll do that because this year he didn't, the- he didn't work out for them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. You brought up Kendall Whopper. Um, he's certainly on the list of the mm-hmm. folks we want to talk about. Uh, I've heard that Dallas is really high on him, and he would be open to going to Dallas. Yeah. I've heard that Charlotte is going to do whatever it takes to keep him. Personally, if I'm yep. Charlotte, I think that's a bad move. Um, not because of Kemba, but yep. you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta start over there, bro. Um, and if you're Kemba Walker, yeah. you know, he's also been, you know, kind of linked to potentially going to the Nets. Um, where do you see Kemba ultimately going? Either to the Northeast next to the Nets,
1: if they don't get Kyrie, or LA. To the Lakers. I I think LeBron values him. Yeah, I think LeBron values wow. values Kemba, and I I think they'll. Rondo's not; he's not the point guard for them, obviously. So, I, I really do. I think. I think. I think. L. A. will will make a move to try to, to. They need a point guard. I think they're gonna make a move to try to get him because he's he doesn't need the ball as a point guard to facilitate. He can score, and LeBron can play point forward. So, I, I think it's a really. I think it is a really nice fit. So,
0: I do agree that is a good fit. And I guess finally, I want to go with uh, Jimmy Butler. Do you think that he stays? Mm in Philadelphia, do you think that they try to keep that core together with Tobias Harris, uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, uh, and then we'll touch on Jay Zer right up at the end, so we're going to table him. But do you think that the right. try to do that, or do they say, hey, look, Jimmy, uh, we want you to be here. We think you, Tobias, and one of the two, of Simmons or Embiid, we might try to shot the other one. That could be a potential trade that I have to see in the offseason happening.
1: Maybe I don't know that they want to give up Simmons or Embiid. I think those two are kind of untouchable for them. I'm I do think they'll resign Redick. I
0: don't think they work that well together.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree about that. I just, I think that the Sixers, their their process, quote unquote, has been so centered around those two. I think that they, I think they stick it out with those two and 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 make things work around it. I I wouldn't be surprised actually if we saw Chris Middleton and in, in Philly either. I almost think we see a swap with Chris Middleton and and Butler. I think we could see Butler over in, in Milwaukee, seeing how he played and at Marquette in college. You know, that kind of regional that regional pull there a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Jimmy play for the for the Bucks. That that would be a role he could very easily slide into, that Chris Middleton role. And I think the Bucks would absolutely love that because uh, Butler's better than Middleton and they do the same thing.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I you know, I think they consider uh the Bucs were were for for Yumi Butler, that would be awesome. Uh, is there a scenario mm-hmm. that you could see him going to the Clippers and playing with Kawhi?
1: Mm, it would take Kawhi to go there. Certainly. It, it, would definitely, it would take him to go there. They would have, uh, to,
0: they would have to talk and, and decide that. Uh, but if you look at him, yeah. and, and let's say they were able to, we saw Beverly, having new Williams, you know, all those guys, I think that that would be a very formal, formidable team, especially defensively. That Kawhi, might be the best defensive team we've
1: ever seen in life. I, I, I absolutely
0: <laughs> agree. You have them and Beverly. like That is a locked-down team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would be sick. Shai Gilgeous alexander the point guard, he's a very yeah. underrated defender. Dude, that would, be, that would be the best defensive team we've ever seen
0: in our yeah, entire lives. Um, kind of one more team that I want to t- touch on. We've heard a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about Chris Paul and James Harden. rocky uh, relationship, apparently. Uh, Chris Paul naturally denies it, but you know wherever Chris Paul goes, this is kind of the kind of the deal. You know he he burns yeah. bridges, and it's ironic because he's like the lead guy for the Players Association, although he doesn't get along with any right. players. Um Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly he, he he went to the front office of the of the Raptors he's in it's is either me or Harden. Well, I'm sure that the Rockets would love to get rid of you, Chris, but you're contract is so awful that they can't um Chris Paul I mean what are you doing there bro we got to figure this one out do you see Daryl Morey trying to get rid of Chris Paul I can't imagine that they he get rid of uh, Gene Carter.
1: no no yeah Paul, Paul's the one to go and obviously Who'd with his friendship with LeBron okay yeah Oh yeah, yeah. I I I think L.A. would be a a possible destination for him. Um, the the Lakers. I mean, but yeah, yeah. No, no. He's 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 gone. Like that's that's not a question. He's gone. But yeah, no. I, I think I think the Lakers are kind of the only team right now that has you know if everything kind of pans out the way it should, that has the money to do that. If if they don't want Kemba and if they want to cultivate that LeBron and Chris Paul friendship and relationship, I I, I could see that also being you know kind of one of those things that turns out so it, it what happens with him is going to be really interesting this offseason and it's going to be fun to watch because of how volatile things have gotten all of a sudden like the old the Ron Burgundy that escalated quickly thing man like that happened really quick
0: uh yeah well, that's a great that's a great way to say it um I you know saw this yesterday or the day before and I'm like whoa where did that come from um, you know, yeah. I guess they did a great job of keeping it under wraps until, uh, you know, right now. Right. I, I just that was kind of crazy. Um, let's finish this uh, whole association thing off with uh, with our main man J.J. Redick. Uh, I've heard a lot of rumors hey, that uh, the Lakers would want to add a guy like J.J. Redick because they're going to need shooters there. They're just going to need to fill a okay. fill a roster. Period. Um, right. I, I think that Philly would want to keep him. I don't know how much flexibility they're going to have to do that. Ultimately, yeah. I think I can see him going to Brooklyn. You know, he lives in Brooklyn. I, I don't He's know. not. I don't I think that he would go back to L.A. strictly for family reasons. Um, everything that I've mm-hmm. learned about J.J. right up from his podcast and the way he talks about his family, his wife, her identical twin sister, they both live in Brooklyn. Um, you know, he commuted up and back from Philly all season. They just came. They moved their entire family uh, from L.A. I, I don't see Jay, um you know, go into L.A., even chase a title. Do you, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. That that documentary that's on YouTube, the documentary that's on YouTube about him and his process of choosing, ultimately choosing the 76ers, was really telling about about what it is that he values at this point in his career. And... You know, I don't see him title chasing to the point where he's going to uproot his family. There's there's plenty of teams on the East right now that that could build some some squads and, and have him involved. It's going to take some money because he is he's not cheap, even though he's a little bit of, he's, you know, a few, few years in and he's a veteran and everything else. He's still going to command that $20 million range. And, you know, somebody's going to have to be able to pay that. So, you know, the Sixers could pick that back up. The Nets have room for that. So I think it's between those two. Quite honestly, I don't, like you said, I don't see him going back to the West Coast. I don't see him in the Midwest. I think it comes down between the Nets and maybe even the Knicks and and the the Seventy Sixers with the, with the money they have available.
0: Yep, I agree. That's uh, so there. You have it. Uh, the association with uh, with the kid and AC. Um, I could talk about the association all night, but this is a two podcast. We're going to end it on the fact that we want to wish our guys. Ryan, mm-hmm. RJ, Cam, and, and hopefully Marquise. Uh, all the best tomorrow. Their life is going to change tomorrow night. Uh, and it's exciting for Duke fans, too, because anytime you get guys in the lottery um, going to different teams and, and kind of filling up rosters, it's just a good time to be a Duke fan if you're also an NBA fan, because we have guys everywhere. And I want to bring up Antonio Lange, who's got sliders in the Super Bowl for Duke. So it, it, Trajan yeah. Landing in New Orleans, and GM. Elton Brand, your affiliate, he's a GM. We got guys all, uh, Brand Hill is a part owner uh, in Atlanta. We got guys all over the place, not just players. I'm coming for tomorrow night. AC is still in a dinner. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow night would have been perfect. Do, you man. Go. Get that it winner. go Duke. <laughs> go Duke.